Mr. Van Eyck had a great deal of money which he didn't want to spend, and a great deal of time which he didn't know how to spend. On sunny days, he sat on the club terrace writing anonymous letters. Bent over the glass and aluminum table, he looked dedicated, intense. He might have been composing a poem about the waves that were crashing against the seawall below him, or about the gulls soaring high overhead reflected in the depths of the pool like languid white fish. But Mr. Van Eyck was oblivious to the sound of the ocean or the sight of birds. The more benign the weather, the more vicious the contents of his letters became. His pen glided and whirled across the paper like an expert skater across ice. You miserable, contemptible old fraud. Everyone is on to what you do in the shower room. His attention was not distracted by the new assistant lifeguard sitting on the mini-tower above the pool. She was a bony redhead whose biceps outmeasured her breasts, and Van Eyck's taste still ran to blondes with more conventional anatomy. Nor was he paying at the moment any attention to the other club members, who dozed on chaises, gossiped in deck chairs, read under umbrellas, swam briefly in the pool. Wet or dry, they presented to the public a dull front. Viewed from different, more personal angles, they were far from dull, Van Eyck was in a position to know this. He had, in fact, made it his business as well as his hobby. He spent his time shuffling along the dimly lit corridors that led to the secluded cabanas. He wandered in and out of the sauna and massage department on the roof, the wine cellar in the basement, the boiler room, and if it wasn't locked, the office marked Private Keepout, which belonged to Henderson, the manager. Locks and bolts and signs like keep out didn't bother Van Eyck, since he assumed they must be meant for other people, passing strangers, new members, crooked employees. As a result of this casual attitude, he had acquired a basic knowledge of vintage wines, therapeutic massage, Henderson's relationship with his bookie, the heating and chlorination of swimming pools, and human nature in general. You are weaving a tangled web, and you will be caught in it, blundering spider that you are. Van Eyck had another advantage in his pursuit of knowledge. He frequently pretended to be hard of hearing. He looked blank, shook his head sadly, cupped his ears. Eh? What's that? Speak up. So people spoke up, often saying highly interesting things both in front of and behind him. He grabbed at every morsel like a hungry squirrel and stored the lot of them away in the various hollows in his head. When he was bored, he brought them out to chew and finally spit out on paper. You must be incredibly stupid to think you can keep your evil ways hidden from an intelligent woman like me. Van Eyck reread the sentence. Then, very lightly, he struck out woman and substituted man, leaving the original word easily legible. It was one of his favorite stratagems, to toss in small false clues and allow the reader to lead himself astray, up and down blind alleys, far from the center of the maze where Van Eyck sat secure, anonymous, shrouded in mystery, 
like a minotaur. He leaned back and took off his glasses, wiped them on the sleeve of his Polynesian print shirt, and smiled at the bony redhead across the pool. No one would ever suspect that such a kindly old man, hard of hearing and seeing, was a minotaur.